Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and coming right back at you with another special edition from Smashville, Tennessee. I have a guest of honor. He is a local to Nashville. He is the National Director of Coaching for a Top 10 Lender in America. I'm talking Movement Mortgage, and I'm talking with Tim Davis. Tim, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Hey, what's up? This Bro, is exciting to be here. This is super exciting. So you have been on my like short list of people that I wanted to have on the show since John and I launched this about 22 months ago. You probably didn't know that. No, we need to raise your expectations yeah, in you, life. <laughs> you were today years old when you found that out. No, I, I remember sitting back. I'm like, I'm like, who would be great guests when John and I were kicking this thing off in early 2020? And I was like, you know what? There's this guy, Dave Savage. There's this guy, Barry Habib. There's this guy, Renee Rodriguez. There's this guy, Tim Davis. Like all four of those dudes, I know them and they would do a really good job. And they're, they're kind of stewards of our industry. Well, I've been very fortunate that I was able to sit down with Dave when I was in San Diego. And I sat down with Barry when he was in Orlando. Uh, Renee and I are still playing phone tag. We think we're going to be in the same city in March. So maybe Renee and I will be, be able to get together. But when I knew I was coming to Nashville, I was like, well, I got to hit Tim up. I got to hit Tim up because he lives in Nashville. Maybe I can convince him to come spend an hour with me and our guest talking shop. Well, heck yeah, man. We're right across the street from Smashville itself too, right? Yeah, I, I know well, this area real well. <laughs> that, that you do. Yeah. you Are, are you a season ticket holder? We are season. Predators? Yes, we are. How yeah, we were the Titans? No. No, I'll show you. You're a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, but okay. But but second to that, they, they play their games outside. I'm an indoor pet, right? Oh. So I like climate controlled situations. You know, I'm not going to sit out there 30 degrees this Saturday for the Bengals. You know, no, mm -mm, that ain't going to happen. See, Jerry World, he's got that climate control down there. Yes, that um, that is a very nice stadium. Yeah, it's a very nice stadium. So, National Director of Coaching for That's Movement right. Mortgage. Yeah, I bet you have a lot of knowledge that you can drop. A lot that we can unpack in the next whatever it's going to be, 35, 45, 50 minutes. However long you and I want to do this, we'll do this. Yeah, man. But before we get started, I want people to understand who is Tim Davis. When did you enter into the mortgage business? Because you, you're you a coach today, and you coach coaches, and you coach loan officers. Mm -hmm. But you weren't always a coach. You were an, an originator, correct? Yeah, and before that, I was an at-risk kid from the housing projects. Get out of town. No, seriously, yeah. I mean, my, my dad, when I was three years old, my dad passed away, and my mom she had a drug problem, but but it wasn't like buying drugs on the corner. It was she was getting her drugs from a guy with a stethoscope and a white jacket. Okay. <clears throat> and so you know, if I get a headache, you try to put a Tylenol down my throat, and you're gonna we're gonna fight about it. <laughs> um, but I so I watched her, you know, struggle with that addiction. It was pretty bad, and, and you know, we had more month than money. And um, at 17 years old is when I how old I was when I graduated high school, and I had to make a choice in my life at that time, and it was either, you know, go work at the grocery store more and maybe get a job at the tire factory or leave that town and find out what else is outside that town. Okay. And so I, I just said, you know what, I'm take a risk. You know, my, some of my buddies were going to college, um, so I just went up to college with them. I had no idea what I was going to study. I, I, I selected uh, graphic arts because I thought, you know, how you don't have to go to the library a lot if you're an art major. So I was trying to be proactive in my thought process. And then you fast forward after college, I moved down here to Nashville and I was working at a finance company, Dustin. This is, this is a good story. So we're going to finance company. We were loaning money at 24% interest and taking your couch as collateral. Wow. And so my first date with my wife now of 25 years, I took her on a collection call. And so she's like, where are we going? I'm like, well, we're going to dinner. 
you know, fancy like Applebee's. Yeah. But we were going to go to dinner, but but I had to collect on this guy. He owed me some money, and so I, I knocked on the door. You know, I was like, right, and it was and it was a tough part of town, but we were kind of used to running that that in the business. And uh, he came to the door, and he kind of did like this right here, and he had a Glock sitting there on his hip and he's like what do you need and i was like nothing man i just wanted to let you know how great a customer you were for <laughs> I, I hope they if you need to borrow more money come back anytime and i left and i was like holy cow i gotta find a different career path and a few few years later a buddy of mine got into mortgages and he called me one day he's like dude like, you're not gonna believe this i'm selling mortgage loans and i'm making all this money and and he told me on the phone what he was earning and i don't even think i hung up the phone i was a ma branch manager of a finance company out on west end or West Nashville, and I left my customer service reps there by themselves. I didn't hang up the phone. I left the business. I said, "I'll see y'all later. I'm gonna go take a job in the mortgage business." And that's how you're I got done. In. I was, I was. I mean, you're done. Yeah, but that makes sense. I mean, growing up it very humbly, like you did, right? In in the housing projects, money was something you weren't accustomed to. So I would only imagine if you worked so hard to get yourself out of that situation that anything you did, you were gonna control your own destiny. You were gonna make as much money as was humanly possible. Well, certainly. I mean, listen, um, I was making $23,000 a year as the branch manager of this finance company. Again, you know, I didn't know I was putting my life on the line, you know, <laughs> but people will protect their couch at all costs. <laughs> I learned that, man. They ain't giving up yeah. that couch, you know? And so um, that that's just not a good yeah. a good business. And, and um, so, so when he told me about it, I was like, that, this is life changing, right? Not only just for yourself personally, but it's generationally changing. And it also allows you to, to sow into other people as well, right? So if I'm at church and they want to plan a, a church down somewhere in some country or whatever, and they're like, hey, we're going to take, take donations for it. If you're in this business and you do well, you might just be able to write a check for that donation. Mm -hmm. Like, here you go. go, go plant that church. So I think there's just a lot of things you can do. Um, and this business affords you that. So the money attracted you, mm -hmm. but then you stayed. Yeah. Right, because the money's attractive, but then you get into this industry, you're like, man, this sucks. Right. Like, I don't like this. Right. No, it's addictive, man. So, yeah, for, for you, at, at what point in your career did you realize, I, not only is the money enticing, but I like this, and maybe I'm good at it? That's a good question. I don't know if I can pinpoint a time, because I'm really driven by, like, solving Rubik's Cubes kind, okay. of, kind of talk, you know? So, if I feel like I've solved a part of the game, I can get bored with that, right? So, I need a new challenge. And so, for me... Um, it was the entrepreneurial spirit and the ability to kind of constantly create your own challenges for the business, right? So, you know, for a long time, it was like, how do you get real estate agents to even talk to you and give you the time of day, much less actually trust you with their clients? So that was the challenge. You had to overcome that. And then um, I entered a part of my career where we were actually opening companies. It's like, well, gosh, how do you actually open a company and hire people and deal with it? That was a challenge, right? So um, but I think at the end of the day, it all was encapsulated in this one thing for me. When I was growing up, I had friends and they had, you know, families and houses and their own bedrooms and stuff like that. I, I slept in the living room of the 600 square feet place we lived, right? So the living room and the bedroom and all that was kind of combined. And I remember growing up and you know, I would go to my, my friend's houses and stuff. And I'm like, man, you got your own room and this is really nice. So to me, at the end of the day that we don't know how deeply it impacts somebody when you finance a house for them. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They may tell you they're excited and all this kind of stuff, but you really don't know how deeply that impacts them or that child or that those children in that house. Um, because now they have their own room and they, they start to form relationships in the, in the neighborhood and things like that. So I think, you know, keeping that on my mind is as well. 
Okay. You know, you're really making an impact. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for someone who is entering the mortgage business? I mean, you've, you've been at the game now for going on, what, 25 years? Yeah. Yeah. So, so going on a quarter century. You, <laughs> that sounds a lot better. Thanks. You, I appreciate you, it. You have an opportunity. Get a glass of water here. Yeah. You have an opportunity to talk to someone who's like, hey, Tim, I want to be the next you. I want to come into this industry. I want to be an originator. I want to maybe one day become a coach. Like, what advice are you giving younger people? Who maybe they're younger in their career, not necessarily younger in life, right? We have a lot of people who transition. They do one career for 20 years and then transition into mortgages. Mm -hmm. Or you could be talking to someone who's fresh out of college um, who, who wants to enter the mortgage industry. Based on your experiences, what advice are you giving them these days? Look, it, it, it ain't easy. So you better have a competitive spirit about you. Um, I don't know how else to describe it other than you've got to be competitive. You've got to get up every day knowing that you're broke and you've got to go out there and make it happen that day. You've got to go earn your paycheck that day and you've got to do that through building of a relationship. So I think you have to be competitive in one part of it, right? Okay. Uh, otherwise, somebody else in town that is competitive is going to take that deal right off your table and you're never going to know about it. So you've got to be competitive. Number two, I think you've got to really hone in on your relationship skills. Like you've got to, you've got to be a great builder of relationships and a connector with people like they you've got to have a high likability factor in, in any sales like you know what i'm saying like i remember a guy came to me one time he's like hey tim i want to hire you as my coach and i was like i don't think so and he said well, why not and he goes i, I really want to learn this business and i said because nobody likes you i can't fix that i can't make <laughs> you likable i don't know what do you want me to tell you like you know nobody likes you. and so you have to be likable and connect with people um and so I think those are the two things, being competitive and being, you know, being like a great relationship yeah. builder, right? And then the other part about it, which I think a lot of people overlook, is that you have to be kind of right brain and left brain. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, you've got to be yes. creative enough to get your foot in the door and build a relationship with somebody. But then you also got to be um, scientific enough, I guess is a word, to break down, like, what program does this loan fit into? And how do I structure this in such a way that, we're going to get the deal well, done. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because it reminds me of a, of a story that I've told to try to correlate like, like what it takes to be successful and the kind of quirkiness. Because in life, usually when you're doing like personality traits or personality pairing, you find, oh, this person's either an introvert, or this person is an extrovert, or this person is very compliance driven, or this person, you know, rules, rules were made to be broken. Mm -hmm. But in, in the, as a mortgage loan originator, especially, you kind of need to be like, nah, I'm all of that. And like, well, you're weird now because you're all of that. Yeah. So I, I came up with this analogy because this, this was me. And I, I had a very successful career as a loan originator. And I attribute to this, to this weird quirkiness of my personality. I am the type of person who's going to be at every party. I do have FOMO. I do want to be the center of attention, right? But I'm also extremely compliant driven. So I was the guy in high school with the fake ID who was buying all the beer, but I would also take away your keys and I came prepared with three trash bags to make sure that we picked up after ourselves. That is weird. Yes, <laughs> yes. So like the, the, the one side of me that was just mischievous enough to have the fake ID and to go buy beer and, and to drink underage, but the other side of me was like, yeah, but we gotta do this in a responsible manner. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, but then I'm like, that to me is sometimes a very successful loan officer. How can you go out there and build all these relationships, be so highly competitive that you're willing to run through a brick wall to prove someone that you, that you can. Mm -hmm. But then when you get the opportunity, you're like, all right, well, I got to take that hat off because now I need to put on my accountant hat. Right. I need to put on my attorney hat. Yeah. But no, it, uh, it's, it's cool because I, I, 
I've never heard someone else say it. And when you said it, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's so true. You let me tell you, let me tell you a revelation that Angie and I were talking about the other night that I told her I had after 20 something years in this business and why I hadn't thought about this earlier, I'll, I'll never know. But it goes along with what we're talking about. So you see a lot of loan officers out there and they try to be everything to everybody, right? So, you know, they get a phone call and it's an FHA loan, right? And then they get their next phone call and it's sort of a maybe a local bond down payment mm -hmm. assistance deal. And then they get a USDA file in and then they get a VA file in and then they get somebody that's conventional. And they're like, I don't know what to do with it. They're putting a lot of money down. And so um, it's like they get all these different customers coming into them and they get, there's rules and regulations and guidelines and blah, 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 blah. And they're trying to switch these hats on all the time. Like, oh, and if they forget about one thing, the deal crashes and their reputation goes down. You know, and, and so, but I, I told Angie, I said, the revelation I had is I've always known that if you try to wear all these hats and you're not gifted at wearing all these hats, you're going to fumble a lot. You're going to be the Cowboys with 14 penalties against the 49ers, okay? Man, that was rough. And so, um, yeah. And so, but if you, if you focus in on certain things, like, for example, I did a $100 million mastermind with a group of loan officers all doing over $100 million. 85% of their business was conventional loans because you can scale that business because okay. it's the same over and over and over and over. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but if that loan officer is trying to put on all these hats, well, you really have to be right brain and left brain, right? Like, like me, you're great. I love your kids. Oh, I got to structure this loan, right? But think about this. This is the revelation. Building that team. Okay? So you're getting those loan officer assistants out there that are, that are trying to help you. And if you're not gifted at all those loan programs, you're relying on them to be gifted on it. And then you're switching hats up on them all the time. Like, oh, it's a USDA. No, that's a bond. No, that's an FHA with a grant. No, that's a conventional. You're creating a disaster unless you have really super talented people on your team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have like a, a superstar at every spot. And that's very, very hard to get. I, I could not agree more. I get, um, I get some flack for this. I am a little bipolar when it comes to non-QM lending. Right, like like loan officers who want to go out and do oh I, I got I need the bank statement loan I need the foreign national loan I need the debt yep. service loan and I'm just thinking gosh but you don't right but you don't like I get it we we want to be able to offer this creative financing so that we can help promote home ownership in the U S et cetera et cetera blah 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 but as an originator do I need to be doing that loan maybe that product can be offered but if if I can't scale it to doing five or ten or twenty of those a month or a quarter then am I the best person to be helping this client or should I maybe punt that to my buddy down the hall because my buddy down the hall isn't necessarily um, as driven as I am to scale my business. I'll let him handle that loan that I'm only going to get to do once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. I'll let him fumble it. Mm -hmm. And then I get to move on focusing on things that I really do do really well. It's interesting for you. You just shared you were doing a hundred million dollar mastermind. And the bulk of those people who do $100 million also do 85% is a Fannie Freddie loan. Yeah, listen. Right? That's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, listen, I, I was the king of carrying other loan officers' business cards with me. So if you came at me with some kind of whacked out loan, and for a part of my career, whacked out loan was an FHA loan. Like, I didn't want anything <laughs> to do with that. I was yeah. like, whoa, man. I, I, and so there was a part of my career that, that I didn't even want those. And so I would hand out the competitor's business cards. I'm like, you should call this person. And people would always say, like, why? That's just, that doesn't make sense. How can you be competitive and give that out? And, and so I, this is why I would tell them, I'm like, look, we have drilled our process down to wow that client. I know for a fact that every client is worth five times the revenue because of our wow process. 
how we intake the file, how we process it, how we get them at the end with a nice gift, how we follow up with them with newsletters and events and all this kind of stuff. So I, I know my numbers. I get five times the referrals and likes hang around likes. So if you're buying an $800,000 house and you're putting down 20%, your friends are in the same category. If you're buying a mobile home on a USDA out in the middle of nowhere with a 10 acre track, you've got friends that want that same thing. So I was able to wow the customers and get my work week down to 40 hours, not working on the weekends because we were doing those one type of loans and we were excellent at yep. them and we were delivering a high level of service and they were telling all their friends because they couldn't get that same level of service at a bank or another lender. So if I loaded the guy down the hallway down with some tough deals and everything, he's in there struggling or whatever. And I'm knocking out five more of my yeah. favorite clients. No, I, I mean, I, I, and obviously I love hearing cause you're basically edifying things that I try to teach on, on this particular show. But it's, it's just me observing, probably like you've observed, how many $100 million producers do you know, right? You probably know two dozen, three dozen, four mm -hmm. dozen of them, yeah. right? I know I know a dozen, and I'm not smart, but I'm smart enough to, to watch what other people do and to follow in their footsteps. And when I'm watching what $100 million producers do, like we just had Molly Nabu on, who's a $100 million producer, I can guarantee you Molly's probably not brokering that condo tell loan. No. Molly is no. probably not doing that debt service loan. Right, mm -hmm. because because Molly understands for her to do forty loans a month every single month, there's a set process that has to that has to to to, to go into play. Molly probably buys into the uh, theory of there's enough people willing to do business the way that I do business mm -hmm. that I don't need to do business with those that don't. Right, like hey, we can yeah. help these people, but we doesn't mean you have to be the one doing the loan. Um, let's go ahead and uh, I'm gonna flip the script on you a little bit because we are in beginning of 2022 now, right. and you do coach loan officers for a living. So that's a miracle of God right there. When they find that out, <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to get another job. What do you, um, what, what are you and your, your students, what are y'all gearing up for as you go to tackle 2022? What are you prepping? What are you telling them? Well, we got to reconnect, <clears throat> excuse me, down in Florida recently. Right. Mm -hmm. I came down there and spoke and yeah, you spoke at the local NBA, um, luncheon. Yeah. It was great chicken by the way. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and I'll just tell you what I told, what I said down yep. there, right? I mean, keeping it simple and um, getting rid of distractions. So we're building out plans in 12-week runs. And there's a great book called The 12-Week Year. You can go grab it, it's quick read, you probably knock it out in a weekend. And, it, and basically what it says is this, is like, listen, if you break your year down into 12 weeks <clears throat> and then you start to measure critical activities that will move the needle weekly, you'll reach your goals much faster than somebody that writes out a business plan, <clears throat> excuse me, and throws it in a drawer. And so um, we built software uh, around this. Um, and so what, what we do is, um, and any loan officer can do this, is I look at the last couple of years of data, okay? And number one, I'm looking to figure out like, what's your average loan size? Okay. Okay. It's gone up tremendously. The market's been good to me. Sure, yeah. Yep. I mean, like nobody got good. Like you didn't become a great originator because your loan size went up. You, 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 you did more lo larger loans because the market went up. Correct. Um, anyway, <clears throat> that's, that's another pet peeve. So, um, we take the average loan size and then we look at like, how much volume do you want to do per year? Okay. So let's say an originator wants to do, you know, $50 million a year and they're averaging $300,000 per transaction. Okay. Okay. So I don't have a calculator, but we would divide that all the way back down. Yep. Like okay. 150 <laughs> transactions or whatever. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be 150 transactions for the year, whatever that math comes out to be. But I'm going to break it all the way down into how many transactions is that per month? Okay. okay. So and 12 and a half. 
12 and a half. Okay. I love it, man. This guy's like a human calculator. Well, the 150 is actually uh -huh. off. I think the actual number is probably like 165, but let's just say it's 150 transactions, which is 12 and a half a month. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to divide that by four, you know, four weeks. I know it's 4.33, but yep. four weeks, right? So that's going to be three point something loans per week, yep. right? That's the number of loans you need to be locking a rate for. You need to be locking three to four loans a week. Okay. On average, in order to reach that at the end of the year, I don't want to hear this like, oh, well, I'm waiting for the spring and for it to get really busy. Okay. Cause it, that, that may or may not happen, or you may get a cold, or I don't know what's going to happen. So let's just tell, what do you got to do every week? So let's just say that you got to lock three and a half loans a week for our example. And you can check our math and comment below if you don't like it. But um, then I look at the, the lock ratio to leads created and i'm talking about credit reports like if you pull a lead eh, yeah you know i mean there's tons of leads right just go on to facebook and say that i got five thousand friends that's five thousand leads now i'm talking about somebody you pulled a credit report they gave you the social security number so i want to know that number annually and then how many locks resulted from that so what what's your percentage now nationally i can give you the national numbers 32 percent Okay, so people are locking 32% of the credit apps they pull. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so that's the national uh, percentage, right? So I would take that, you know, say three, let's just call it three loans that you need to lock per week and divide it by your percentage. We'll just use the 0.32. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be, you need nine credit reports a week. Nine, 10, right? Yep. So if you're going to need nine or 10 credit reports a week, what are you going to do? What are five action items that will get you that? Now, I guarantee it's going to fall. The, the ones that are going to get you that are going to fall in these categories. Phone calls, conversations, or meetings. That's it. <laughs> That's where you're going to make your money, right? That, that is it. And so here, here we just build a plan around that. So we're like, okay, you need three credit, uh, three locked loans every week. You need to generate nine credit apps in order to get that. All I want you focused on in your work week is the activities that's going to make that happen, right? So how many conversations do you need to have per week? So they type that in, like 30 conversations, let's just say, right? Then they're going to prospect two brand new agents every week that they've never worked with, right? Because you got to be filling that back, filling that funnel. Always, always fill. All right. Um, they're going to, um, you know, text fifty agents on Friday that they have weekend coverage, as an example, right? So we build out this plan of measurable action items so that on Fridays we can look at it and go, how many lunches did you go on, right? Did you go on the three you said you would? Uh, did you talk to thirty people this week? Did you? Um, did you text 50 agents on for the weekend? Did you, you know, whatever, you know, is the, is the plan. And so then we email it to them on Monday or Sunday night. We email them. We're like, hey, Dustin, here's your action plan for the week. You created it. Go get it. And then on Fridays, we text them and saying, hey. Good. So you you're, you're stripping it down, dumbing it down. Dumbing it so down. So it sounds like in 2022, you and your students are getting back to the basics. Oh, gosh. Because yeah. no part of that is new. No. Like, like the, that's what you were doing in the early 2000s when you're trying to grow the Tim Davis brand in, in your market, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, you, you were now you may have been burning CDs and you might have been, you know, getting creative with it and, right. and taking those CDs to get belly to belly and face to face with agents to build a relationship. But I, I always get baffled when loan officers are like and, and the, the listeners will actually um, communicate with us, which, you know, a lot of times was good at tloponline.com because it's all of our contact information at this point. But before we had the website built. They were hitting me up on LinkedIn or hit me up on Instagram. And it's like, well, Dio, who do I call? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I shouldn't have to answer that for you. I've heard that question before. Right, right? Right. Like, who do I call? I'm like, well, like, how do you know who to call? I said, well, I, I'm going to get really stupid on you. How about you get a stack of business cards? I'm going to go old school business cards. You go stand at the Home Depot. Because you know who walks into Home Depot? Homeowners. 
And Dude, if, and, and that's if, good. And, and if not homeowners, then contractors who are working for homeowners, right? And those contractors want to get paid, and those homeowners probably have equity, and maybe they can tap the equity to pay the contractor. Golly, so man. I'm at going the end of the day, if, if I didn't know who to call, I didn't know where to start, I'd just get 100 uh, business cards. I'd go to the Home Depot, and I might have to go to a Lowe's and maybe to an Ace Hardware because maybe Home Depot will kick me out for loitering, right? But I can go there, and I'm like, hey, my name's Dustin. I do home loans for a living. Let me know if I can help you. If I handed out 100 business cards every single day, I bet I would talk to two people a day. I bet I'd pull one credit a day. That would give me my, my three locks. So whenever someone's like, like, I don't think Tim or I or anyone else should have to tell you who to call, because off the top of my head, I can go to Home Depot. Then I'm gonna pick up my cell phone. And I'm gonna say, hey, how many people are in your cell phone? See all those people right there? They probably need a free mortgage review. Right? Why don't you give them a call and offer them a free mortgage review? Yeah, but I don't know if they own a home. Awesome. Guess they may need to buy one. Yeah, if, 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 they, if, if you can't give them a free mortgage review, I'm like, and then they're like, well, whoa, whoa, what else? I'm like, you heard of Google? Hey, do this. Google top realtors and insert your city. Then do top realtors insert the city that's adjacent to your city. I'm like, if, critical thinking, man. That's right? what you're talking about. Like, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, if you got to eat, you got you to gotta go beg for business, man. I don't know how else to put it to you, man. There, there are people in Nashville, Tennessee, at some of these exit ramps with signs in this freezing cold rain right now, working harder than a loan officer is and not making near the amount of money. And look, in the past two years, a loan officer could probably get away with that. Yeah. The past two yeah. years, you get away with it. But in 2022, I don't know if they've seen what the bond market has done today let alone in the past three weeks. It's gone so far down, it's off the screen. Like, I, I need to... Like, you, you literally have yeah. to start looking at charts from 2018. Yeah. Right? We're looking at charts in, from 2018 to get an idea of what 2022 is going to look like. So those rates we saw of 2020 and 2021, they're gone. Mm -hmm. Right? So you as a loan officer, it's time to get busy. So let me tell you a story because yeah, I got a buddy of mine and he started cutting hair 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. I, and so he's like, man, how do I get customers and everything? I'm like, you got to hustle. Like, you got to be hungry. Like, yeah. you, you got to, no matter where you go in life, you need to be the most popular person where you go. So I work at an Orange Theory, even though it doesn't look like it, I go there. <laughs> everybody knows that, everybody knows what I do. If you want a mortgage loan, you know to call me. Like, that's, everybody knows. I just, I've got a big mouth, right? Uh, every, my, my, at my dentist office, everybody knows. Now, I'm, I'm sure not, I'm not the only mortgage guy that gets his teeth cleaned, but right. I, I'm the one with the biggest mouth. So, you know, church, you better believe it. Like, I volunteer to lead church groups to be visible, right? You should, like, if you don't want to be visible in sales, maybe sales isn't right for you. Correct. So wherever you go, you need to be the most visible person. Like, at the hockey game, you know, we made our, we made our dog a cartoon and everything. We got this whole Facebook. She's got more Instagram and Facebook follow, and Twitter no than I do. That's, that's she, I think she's got like 25,000 people that follow her on Twitter or something crazy. I, I, does, does Angie keep up with that? Like, like, do you all consistently post to Instagram? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. your thing? It's like our that's thing, cool. right? So we're always posting the dogs or whatever. But I literally had uh, hockey jerseys made with because the dog's name is Landry. So mm -hmm. if you go look up Landry, you'll find her. And um, she tweets about Cowboys football, horrible, and, and, and Nashville Predators hockey. And so um, I, we had jerseys made. It says Landry's dad, Landry's mom. And then we made coloring books, Landry loves the Nashville Predators. So it's all these coloring pages about hockey. Because here's the thing. If you want people to like you, you better love on their kids. 
And if you really want them to like you, you better love on their animals. Yes. And if they have kids and animals and you're stuck, love on the animals because they hate the kid half the time, right? <laughs> so we had these coloring books made. So I'll, I'll tweet out like, hey, find Landry's mom, Landry's dad. We're wearing the jersey. Come get 10. We got 10 coloring books. First come, first come. Serve, right? And people will come to our section in the hockey arena and, and talk to us that while professional players are out there playing. They'll That's come so and find cool. us. So <clears throat> why do I do it? Build relationships. Get you to know me, right? All that kind of stuff. So my buddy who, who was cutting hair, he had no clients, but he was in a, in a, in a place, a hair salon or whatever you call it, and there was a Home Depot, and they started building, put a gas station, Home Depot gas station. I don't know if you've ever I've seen those. I've not seen a Home Depot gas station. Yeah, man. Okay. So they're, they're trying to get in the gas business. And so what he would do when he – other people, you go, in, go into a barbershop or whatever, and they're sitting there on their phone just lazy. He would literally walk over to the gas station and offer to pump people's gas in exchange for giving them his business card if they ever needed a haircut. Good for him. Today, if I wanted to get my haircut, both of them, yeah. if I wanted to get both my haircut today, I would have to book it out four weeks with him. I can't just go over and say, Brian, can you cut my hair today? He's that busy. But he hustled. But he wasn't it's ashamed to pump gas to get the relationship to cut your hair. People are ashamed, man. They're like, oh, I don't want to. I'm not ashamed. I, hey, listen, if I don't have any loans, I will, I will load up the German Shepherd puck in the car because everybody loves him. I will load him up in the car. I will go down to Keller Williams with a bow around him and cookies and be like, hey, you want to pet my dog? <laughs> Just to get an opportunity. But that's the God's honest truth, though. It, it is the God's like, honest I truth. Mean, you, you would do that. And here's what I've never understood. And I, and I, I try to you know, convey this to, to younger sales professionals. And not you know, I say sales professionals because not just loan officers, right? Your buddy, the barber, he's a sales professional. Yes. My buddy, the dentist, he was a sales professional before he built his following, right? My buddy, the attorney, again, until he built his following of his client, clientele base, he was a salesperson. Right. So I, w- I would instruct them and, and remind them, most of us don't need or want any more friends, right? I don't need any more friends. I can't see the friends I do have. Right. Right. <clears throat> I have a wife of 20 years. She's my wife of 20 years because it's working out. So guess what that tells me? I don't need another wife. I don't need a girlfriend. Don't need a boyfriend. Don't need any friends. Right. I got a mom and a dad. Right. And they're my mom and my dad. And I don't need another mom and dad. So then if I'm going out to meet somebody, then why am I going out to meet them? Probably because there's a business transaction along the way that I want to find out if I can be a part of it. You're right. That, that is it. <clears throat> so for someone not to pick up the phone or not to grab their dog puck and go to Keller Williams, if you got bills to pay and food dude, to put on the table. Dude, I'm putting a hat on that dog. I'm telling you right now, I will put a cape on that dog. I will dress that dog up like frozen or it don't matter like whatever it takes and that dog and me will go to keller williams with a box of cookies and i'll just tell them i'm like my pipeline this is what it looks like zero i could use your help yeah i've done that before i've done that before like one of one of the the great strategies that not everybody will take take but it really works is to like if you're if you've got a goal that you're trying to achieve let's just go this 12-week goal let's say that you're trying to knock out 10 million dollars in the first quarter okay Take that to your realtor partners and say, I have this goal that I'm trying to achieve, and it's $10 million. And the only way that I'm going to get there is, is to get your help. Could I get you to help me? Oh, I love that. I love that. Can I count on you is one, two. Can I count hey, on you? Hey, can I count on you? I just need two from you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Just two. Yep. Now they buy into your vision, right? And now they're part of the journey. And, and I've done that so many times with loan officers and coaching where I'm like, just do this, and, and they'll buy into it. And uh, there's a lot of trepidation. I'm like, oh. But I don't want to seem no. desperate. I'm like, look, I looked at your pipeline. You are desperate. Like, you're very <laughs> desperate. Like, yeah. Um, like, I'm going to set up a GoFundMe page for you if you don't get some loans in. <laughs> um, I, I, I was always, especially when I was a younger originator, still trying to make my mark, I always had a competition. Right? So, hey, Tim, 
you know, and I don't care where it was, January, whatever today is, the 20th or 19th or something. Hey, you know, it's January 19th, Tim. I'm in a competition to see how many people I can get pre-approved in January. I'm like seven short from probably being able to win this. Hey, can I count on you? Right. They, who am I in competition with? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The Rock. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it I, does not matter. It, it, no, I was in competition with myself. I could have been in competition with my buddy. Um, you know, the, the, competition, the competition aspect was, was arbitrary. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a reason to call. And I have found that people, for the most part, want to help other people. Like, genuinely, yeah. as humans, we're good people. Yeah, yeah. Gen- we always talk about the outliers and the, 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 the 10% that do really bad things. But ultimately, the 90% of us, yeah. we're good dudes and dudettes that, that want to look out for each other. And I love that. I love that you're like, hey, look, um, this is my dog. You want to pet it? This is my <laughs> pipeline. It's zero. And you, I could use your help. You yeah, down man. to help me? <clears throat> yeah, like, listen, yeah. if you don't do anything else, get a dog. That's what we're trying to say. There we go. Get a German Shepherd. And uh, name it after your favorite sport or one of your favorite uh, Dallas Cowboys coaches. That's right. Right? Exactly. Landry and Puck. Landry and Puck. Hey, talk to me about um, your agent playbook. Ooh, I brought some, but we we don't have them here. Um, Yeah. Because because your agent playbook, I love it as a salesperson because it's a reason to make a phone call. It's a reason to stop by and see somebody. Well, may- maybe our guy can get one out of the bag. Awesome. It's, in, it's in the bag right over here, man, uh, by, the, by, the, by the red velvet chair. <laughs> uh, it should be in the main pocket, the largest pocket. He's reaching there. It should be purple. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. My man. Very Thank cool. you. Thanks, JC. Yeah, this right here. Yeah, yeah. Right, that, that right there. Right. Agent marketing playbook. That's right. Well, for one, I love that it says as seen on NBC, ABC, Fox, and CBS. Yeah, that's, just little, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's just a little cool stuff. That's pretty cool. Wait, that, that, that's an insider trick that we'll have to do a whole other show on. Yeah, I have to tell you but, how to get that done. But, but no, I, I like this. Walk, walk me through how you use this and how your LOs use this to promote their business. So if you roll it like this. And then you just go to agents, go, give me a deal at work. That's how we use it right there. And so um, now, listen, you need a foot in the door strategy. Mm-hmm. OK, I mean, there's plenty of them out there. Back in our day, we were talking about the, the long toolbox CDs, you know, when you gave out CDs. And some people watching this video were like, what the hell is a CD? But we would give out these CDs and it was like our foot in the door strategy to get the relationship started. OK, so um, who listens to CDs anymore? Nobody. No. Right. So um, I developed and created the agent marketing playbook. And um, what it is, is let's see, this one has over 40 something pages of business plans for real estate agents. So if you go in here and you look at it. And is this a monthly or quarterly? It's monthly, man. Monthly. Monthly. And I'll tell you why. It's all intentional, right? So uh, here's monthly inspiration, business, real estate business tips and tricks, social media tips for real estate agents, monthly scripts. We have a script vault for agents that are in here. So they get scripts out of here. The business planning for success all that kind of stuff. It's all written every month. And uh, it's branded to you, obviously. You can see the cartoon on it. It's very intentional because people go, oh, that's interesting. What is it? You know? They're probably not going to say that if my ugly mug's on it. Like, mm-hmm. just a regular picture. I'm like, yeah. oh. He's just trying to be arrogant. But the cartoon with the hat for January, they're like, oh, that's cool. What is it? So it's a foot-in-the-door strategy. And so let's just say that, you know, you're a great agent and I'm trying to prospect you. And um, I... I build up the courage to contact you right and i'm like hey you know dustin i've been watching your career grow and stuff and i know you know agents like yourself are probably always looking for a slight competitive edge maybe it a script a social media post whatever that might be i'm actually the local publisher and that's really important you say it that way yeah it's it's a it's a positioning statement 
I'm the local publisher of a magazine called Agent Marketing Playbook. And I invest in this personally. And then I take my investment and offer it to you as a free monthly subscription. Would you like to get a free monthly subscription from me? Sure, Tim, I'd love to. 100%. You're yeah. always going to get somebody to say yes, right? So I'm going to take down your home address. Okay. Very important, right? Because everybody's going to the mailbox, picking up the gas, electric bill. It's three times what it sh should be, and they're all mad and everything. But then this shows up, and they're happy, okay? And so they get the magazine at home. Now I've, I'm basically in your home, right? Very small chance you're going to toss this. No. Okay? And now I have basically you earned the right. You've given me permission to call you and market to you every month. Every month. So, so as a loan originator, I could become the um, publisher from my local market. Mm -hmm. And I could use the agent marketing playbook as A, my reason to call. Correct. People are like, well, whoa, no, Dio, why do I call a realtor? I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm like, well, for one, in, in the world I come from, there's three reasons why you ever call a realtor. A, to ask for a lead, to B, invite them to an event, or C, to ask them to meet with you. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the three reasons. Mm -hmm. But this actually gives me a fourth. Yeah. Right? Now, it, it gives me a fourth just to let them know, hey, I have this magazine. I'm the local publisher, and uh, I would like to offer you a free annual subscription. Are yeah. you cool with that? Right? And then, oh, by the way, maybe I want to invite them to my happy hour. Oh, by the way, I want to invite them to my, to my lunch and learn. Oh, by the way, maybe you want to ask them, is, is there mm -hmm. anything that currently was turned down by, by, by one of your lenders that you want me to take a look at? Right? I could mm -hmm. throw that ask in there. I have them on the phone. But, yep. but this gave me a reason to pick up the phone. And then you're saying I'm going to mail it. The trick is to mail it to their home address. Home address. Home, home address. address. That way they see it. And now they've basically invited me into their house. And they get to see my, my cartoon picture and my, my name. Yeah. Every single day, every yeah. single week. And it'll be different every month. So February will have hearts on it, you know, for Valentine's Day. March will be more themed out for basketball and or, you know, whatever, whatever we're doing then. So, yeah, I mean, it's a reason to call. But if you don't build a relationship, it's not going to work, right? Okay. I mean, you've got, you got to work on building the relationship. You've got to care about the individual. Like, hey, you know, Dustin, I saw on page, you know, six this month there were some social media tips. We've been talking about social media. I don't know if you checked that out. By the way, how are the kids? Nice. Nice. I right? you did that. Um, and so you, you use it as a positioning tool because what other loan officer has their own magazine, mm -hmm. right? And then you use it as a point of entry, a foot in the door, right? And then you go back and, and you build a relationship and you have that constant communication. And on top of it, look, you can pull tips out of this and post on social media and do videos out of it. I mean, it's just a complete plan. Well, to say um, many loan officers would benefit by their own magazine's contents, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like you the, need the, to read it. <laughs> yes. No, but here, I mean, here's like, like I, I, what I like about being coached is that I can then take what I'm being coached and share it with my realtor partners. Yeah. Right. I can share it because the, the same principles apply to almost all industries, especially industries that are, that, that, that are in the same ecosystem as a realtor and, a, and an LO. Mm -hmm. Right. So anything that my coach is teaching me, I can go teach to my realtors and now I'm bringing them value. Now I'm, I'm building a relationship. Yep. So yes. Yeah, so that. um, you know, I, I, I didn't have you on today to, oh, let's pimp out agent marketing playbook, but I like it. I, mean, it's I cool. like it. It is, it is cool. If someone wanted more information on that, how would they find out more information? Um, they could just email me, Tim Davis at theoriginatorsguide.com. Okay. Yeah. What is the or message me on guide? Facebook. What is the originator's guide? Yeah, you know, that's my little mini podcast. We were yes. talking about that earlier. We had you yes. on today. Yes, I, I got to be a guest on your podcast. And um, now, don't you have a magazine that's going to be coming out too? Yeah, so theoriginatorsguide.com is our website for our magazine. Okay. And our daily podcast, it's, it's a tip in under three minutes or less. So I call it micro-podcasting. 
Um, and so we, we are publishing a magazine. You, you actually have an article coming I out. do, like, the 12-week challenge. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so good. So uh, if you want to get, like years ago, there was a magazine called Mortgage Originary Magazine, and, and I was subscribed to it. It was like my Bible for the business. And there's nothing like that exists. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinvent that. I'm going to bring that back. And so the Originators Guide is going to be a magazine. It's written by Originators for Originators. Articles like what you've got in there. So if you want to know about it, just go to theoriginatorsguide.com and get on our email list so that when the magazine publishes, you can, you can get you a copy. Awesome. Parting shots. All right. No. Okay. Par- parting shots. Okay. What, I mean, looking back in your career, mm-hmm. like what, what are some of the things that you're grateful that you stumbled upon and, and mastered? And what are some things that you wish it didn't, didn't take you so long to learn? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what's some good advice that we could drop right now to someone who is, who is tuning in and maybe they're at a point in their career where it's a, it's a pivotal moment or maybe they're beginning of their career and they're getting ready to launch. And I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, you know, it, it may sound cheesy and I don't really care, like, but, like, relationships with you and Mike and the relationships I built in this business, I wouldn't trade those for anything, mm-hmm. you know, and those came from my willingness to go to seminars and go events. That's how I met people like you. That, that by far and away – Hands down, number one thing in this business. Yep, that you're grateful you did. You're grateful that early on, either you figured out or someone encouraged you to get out and network within your community, which your community was the mortgage community. Yeah, so right. I went Attend to- conferences and, mm-hmm. and, and okay, cool. Yeah, so I went to all those conferences and today I have enormously great relationships as a result of people I met at those conferences. So yeah, that's number one, uh, is relationships. And what was the other question? Well, how about this one? What would you go and tell your 17 year old self? Tim, Tim Davis, senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. You know, they, they don't teach certain things in high school. What, what, what do you wish that, you know, or, or, or what would you tell yourself? I, I'm, I don't care what do you wish was taught to you. More importantly, what would you tell yourself? I mean, you know, my first probably five years in this business, I was blowing money like some kind of music artist. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was, yeah. Because you were making good money. Yep. And, you know, you, and I came from nothing, so I was blowing it. So one of my pieces of advice, and I actually coach loan officers this today, I'm like, look, get out of debt. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like you can have a, a house payment, and that's it. If you have anything beyond that, you're crazy. Um, I love that one. But let's say live below your means. Yeah. Like, live, live like you're broke. Yes. It's okay. Well, and guess what? You're not – last time I checked, you're not a heart surgeon, and I'm not a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. And although this career gives us an opportunity to earn – at the same level as a heart surgeon or, or a brain surgeon, we don't have necessarily that same future longevity that those cats do in those professions. Right. Yep. Right. So you, you may have made 600 grand last, last year. You might make six grand this year. Yeah. Well, that, that's the whole thing. But are you going to make it in 2020, uh, 2027? Yeah. Right. My heart surgeon friend can, can basically tell me, yeah, you know, in fact, I'll probably make 900. Yeah. Because there may be right? more hearts to do. Yeah. But, but for, for people like you and I, I think that's always sage advice is, is you said get out of debt, right? Because you were out blowing money. Yeah, I was blowing and, it. and for me, I learned 2008 taught me how to live below my means. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've stayed that course for going on 14 years. And I see how it's paying off in spades. Mm-hmm. Then I continue to live below my means so that, and Dave Ramsey says, and I'm not a huge like Ramseyite, but I do like some of the, the principles that he stands up for. But I think his saying is uh, something along the lines of, live like no other so you can live like no other he's talking about like living below your means mm-hmm. while you're working so that when you go to retire you can you can retire at a much higher quality of life than your peers are because yeah. they weren't willing to live below their means so yeah the last no. two years were a gift you got you got you got you made money and you got good the last two years because the federal reserve helped you and there you go and so you're right so relationships and and 
just practical financial advice. I mean, you look, you're giving people financial advice all day long. Look at these debt ratios you're doing for loans for people. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, look, look, I'll leave, I'll leave everybody with this. I think um, we're in January. I think January and February and some of the cold state months are going to lend its, uh, you need to be a mortgage advisor and, a, and help people restructure some of their finances because inflation ain't going away right now. And um, just in the city I live in and out of Nashville, somebody posted on the Facebook page out there that uh, they were blown away about how expensive their electric bill was. Wow. So I think people need to, to, you need a good mortgage advisor that can sit down and help them restructure while you're working your purchase money business. For God's sakes, don't forsake the agents. But while you're working that, you go back to your clients and, and see if you can take some of the equity that they've gained through this marketplace and give them some kind of restructure of their payments. It would be really important to some of these families right now. Yeah, that is changing lives. Yeah. And that's, that is why I love this industry. That's why I love having you on today because you change lives, right? You change the lives of loan officers so they can go change the lives of realtors and their clients. Yeah, the ripple effect. The ripple effect. Tim Davis, thank you so much for your time. Dude, you're the man, dude. I can't believe you had me on with you. No, I, I love this. I Look, I wish we were we, we were in more <laughs> cities together because we do this like once a quarter, you and I. Maybe right? we just go on a tour like, you know, some of those hosts, they go on like tours and stuff, like hey, comedy yeah. tours. The Mortgage Comedy Act. John Coleman says if you put it out in the universe, it will happen. So, Tim, you put it out there. If you want the Mortgage Comedy Act to come to your city. Hit us up. Hit us up. (laughs) He's Tim Davis. I'm Dustin Owen. You have tuned in the Loan Officer Podcast. That's all the time we have for you today, but we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.